ability to build and maintain relationships with our students is imperative to the development of social and emotional learning skills. With the ongoing issues surrounding COVID-19, however, many schools and school systems across the country have transitioned to distance learning for the foreseeable future. In this new normal, how do we maintain relationships and our school communities when we're so close yet so far? We'll discuss on today's episode of SE Elementary. Hello, I'm James Lucas and thank you for joining us on this episode of SE Elementary. As always, this podcast is brought to you by Frameworks of Tampa Bay, a nonprofit organization that empowers educators, youth services professionals, and parents and guardians with training, coaching, and research-based resources to equip youth with social and emotional skills. I hope everyone is doing well and staying safe. Last week, I was joined on this podcast by SEL specialist Sharice Cook, and we talked about staying calm and being kind during this historic and unusual time. During that conversation, one thing we mentioned repeatedly was the importance of maintaining normal routines and structure. Today, we're going to take this a step further and discuss maintaining relationships and a sense of community, even when we may not be all together. We are joined by Renix Franklin, counselor at Broward Elementary School. So thank you for joining us, Mr. Franklin. Thank you for having me, James. I'm really excited to be a part of this podcast and to continue supporting our Frameworks family. Awesome. Well, and I know um, I know that you're going through a lot and Broward is going through a lot right now. But before we dive into that, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do and especially how SEL kind of fits into your school? Sure. So um, I am the school counselor at Broward Elementary School. This is my sixth year serving in that capacity. I've been in education for 16 years. So the first 10, I was a classroom teacher, and I've had my last six being in the role of school counselor, one at the high school level, and, and then now with Broward. The primary role that I get to enjoy doing every day is to make sure that we have a comprehensive school counseling plan. So looking at programs and and maybe approaches that will help our students achieve in their academics, their personal social development and college and career readiness. Oftentimes I get to extend it out to community and parent involvement. So I, I like to involve all those facets in the work that I get to do. The the biggest foundation of that work is rooted in social emotional learning one of the things that i i think that i enjoy most is using that as the the platform for which the program is built so we don't just look at things in isolation we look at how you're growing as an individual as a learner and how that applies to you in the classroom it also gives me the the distinct privilege to work with organizations like frameworks to help bridge that connection to help our students see the importance of them growing in their self-awareness and their self-management to help our families understand social awareness in particular at a time like this and then to make sure that 
we're extending all of those resources and all that information to our learning community within the building and also the community at large. Thank you so much. And I know firsthand the work that you and the staff at Broward Elementary have been doing on social emotional learning. And it's just incredible. I definitely think now with everything that's going on, SEL is even more important for students to pick up because they're learning about their feelings. They're learning about self-regulation and regulating their emotions and responding to situations appropriately. So it is very important. Now, Broward Elementary, as well as all of the other schools in Hillsborough County, including private and charter schools, have just begun distance learning a couple of weeks ago. How do you think your teachers and students are feeling right now in this transition from in-person classes to virtual learning? You, you know, I think that if you, if you took a poll of our, our students and our teachers, and, and all of us, honestly, on whatever role that we're playing, you're going to find that there's a an array of feelings per se. Um, I love the the training that we use and then changing our vocabulary that there's not a bad feeling. So we have those comfortable uh, emotions and those uncomfortable emotions. So you may find that some students and teachers in the uncomfortable side may have some nervousness, some anxiety, uh, perhaps even some fear because of the, the unknown and the uncertainty looking at getting updates every day and having some things maybe change on a, on a day-to-day basis right now could contribute to that. So you may have a, a segment of teachers and students and, and, and parents and families in that category. But on the opposite end, you may have some that are a bit more comfortable with the process. I think to students who are really in tune with their own learning styles and, and, and maybe are, are excited for the opportunity to join an e-learning or a virtual learning platform. Not to say that they're excited for the situation we find ourselves in, but they're able to now really hone in some skills that they, they've maintained as learners. Um, some teachers with their own thoughts and ideas on how to teach and how to approach learning as we move into a, tech, a tech-based society. So I feel that you may find a split. You're gonna have some feeling really uncomfortable with what's going on and you'll still have some that are comfortable with it and then even you'll have some that flow in between both you you may start off with a little bit of anxiety with okay i mean i know how to do this or or what to do but then as you jump into it or you begin to learn different things or you explore different things then you may be gradually moving yourself to a more comfortable experience with the situation that is some great insight and it's interesting to me because we have not just one big change, which is online learning, virtual learning, distance learning, whatever you want to call it, with students and parents and teachers trying to figure that out and trying to figure out what that looks like. But we also have the situation that led to this, which is COVID-19 and everything surrounding that. So there are a lot of different changes going on at once, which can be hard for all of us to adjust to. So I'm glad that it seems like many people, many kids, many teachers, and many parents are jumping into this. But in this new normal, when children are learning apart from each other and teachers are teaching apart from each other, 
what are some things we can do to maintain some level of normalcy and routines for our students as well as for us, the teachers? You know, I think that the, the first part of, of that is to try to establish a routine. Um, as you were mentioning, we know that routines provide that sense of safety for, for students and even for, for the educators as well, knowing what I had planned to do today as a teacher, knowing what I wanted to present to my, my students, maintaining some, some flexibility, but just kind of having an idea or a plan. So trying to establish a routine would be one thing that I think we can do to maintain a sense of normalcy, but not being so rigid that we, we must follow that. Looking also at the idea of consistency, um, because it is it is an e-learning platform or a virtual learning platform. Some of those things that we have in in the school system can be mimicked in, in our homes now. So the idea or the concept of a schedule, it may not necessarily be the, the same schedule that you have in the school day, but creating that schedule so that the student knows what they're going to be doing that day and for how long. So that the teacher now knows what he or she needs to present and how long they're going to present that, that content before they move and transition to something else. Looking at examining expectations, because in the school system and in our classrooms, we have these expectations for, for behavior and expectations for task completion. So looking at those and examining those through a new lens where we know we're going to be flexible and we know we're going to be responsive, but maybe making small adjustments to those concepts can help a student feel, oh, okay, so I may be home now, but some of these things I'm familiar with because this is what it was when I was in school. I did have a schedule when I went to my classes. There was a system of routine when I went to class. So kind of bridging those and making those fit within the new home environment, I think would help to maintain that sense of normalcy. Those are all awesome points because I we've discussed together individually before that children crave structure and they need structure. So. I think it's great that we can still try and provide that. And I think, um, I know we spoke mainly about how teachers are trying to include that in their learning, but do you also think parents can help in creating these structures as well? I, I definitely do. I think that one of the, maybe a highlight of, of having this be something that families can come together more. Um, one of the things that we, with frameworks training, we have the community building session, just thinking of the, the concept of having, you know, family circle or family meetings to, to get the day started because the parents are also experiencing maybe something uncomfortable or, or comfortable with the current situation. So bringing the family unit together, whatever that is and however that looks to discuss what's going on within that day. Um, I also think that as parents working with their, their students, we, we don't want them to to be the teacher. We, that's not the, the image we're trying to convey, but just to, to help support their learner and then learn from the learner. Because honestly, some of our students, people that are older students, have those routines and schedules and those things down. So they can now share that with their family and have a, a very open, honest discussion about how that can look now in the household. We talked a little bit about having home family meetings like the CBS sessions we do at school, which I think is 
excellent. But all of these tools, what they do in the classroom and what they do at home is they help us build these relationships. I know a lot of teachers had these great and still have these great relationships with their students when they come in every day. Now that teachers aren't physically with their student each day, how can they continue maintaining these relationships? Is it possible to maintain these relationships? Do you have any suggestions for maintaining? It definitely is. It definitely is a possibility and something very tangible that we as educators can do to maintain those positive relationships. We, we definitely work to build those relationships throughout the entire academic year and to strengthen them as our learners grow and, and you know, conquer the content we're presenting to them, and then even extending it to once they've left us, once they've you know graduated from our grade level or went on to a different level of learning, still being the ones that saying cheering you on and being supportive. So I think that the the most important thing to do to maintain a relationship is to communicate. Whether um, the teacher is reaching out to the parent and family and just giving giving a phone call or giving a text. Um, some of the things that I know that we're doing in our our particular district is a lot of teachers and educational stakeholders have created Google Voice numbers, and we're reaching out to our families, our parents, and giving that number, just saying, if you have a question, reach out to me. If you are feeling something uncomfortable, reach out to me, and if I can't provide support, I can connect you to who can. A lot of our teachers already text with with parents and families because of the nature of where we our, our society at the moment. So just not letting those texts fall off, but definitely reaching out and reaching out from a place that's not just for the academics, although we definitely want to connect and provide that support in the academic realm, but just reaching out and really being, being present in that conversation. Um, you can consider being mindful as well, but definitely being present and purposeful in that conversation. Being an active listener, when you reach out to your families, hearing what they're experiencing. Are they frustrated? Are they comfortable sharing those frustrations with you? Are they are they excited about what's going on and saying, you know, this is what, what we're doing and how we're making it work, but definitely being present in the conversation and being flexible and allowing families from, an, from the educator's perspective, allowing families to know that we can be flexible and responsive because of the current learning situation we have. So, putting communication at the foundation. And then once you've reached out and established that or reestablished that communication, then just being very present in, in those discussions with your students and your families and parents. That's all excellent. And as you were talking, I was even thinking in my own life, how this has been developing. There's people that have been close to me either currently or in the past. And maybe I've lost communication over time, but I've noticed that I'm starting to check in with more people and people that I haven't been as good about checking in with previous. And I think a lot of us are, are doing this. So I think I love what your teachers are doing. And I think just in general, especially even at home with family members and students, even doing those check-ins and just seeing how we are and see what we can do to help each other. It is so powerful. Uh, uh, we're also using some of those te 
teleconferencing tools. So uh, we're using Zoom a lot. So really even to zoom into a meeting or zoom into a lesson and see the faces of our students, it's, it's very moving for, for our staff and a part of that connectedness we want to maintain. On that note, because we talked about the individual relationships with teachers and students and even checking in with one another, but one thing that I, I love about Broward when I go into your school is this amazing sense of feeling and community as soon as you enter. And, and you know, I've worked with you closely at Broward, but many, many of the schools that I've been to have this great feeling that you can't, it's not really easy to replicate that. But I do wonder, with this new normal, what are you doing kind of above the teacher-student level, but maybe the school-wide or community-wide level to keep this um, sense of community and connectedness? It has been really amazing to see over in our, our neck of the woods what several schools are doing. There's a lot of schools that have taken part in like parades around their neighborhoods so the staff is making signs and getting in their cars and and just driving through and and just honking their horns and and being being just that presence for that community that's amazing to see uh, a lot of our school sites are also um, supporting with with tech distribution and also being grabbing those sites so kind of to, to underscore that just just being being helpful and supporting supporting anyone how you can in a safe manner with our, our current guidelines and restrictions, but, but being a supporting player in someone's experience through this, whether that is, again, that communication, giving them a phone call, whether it is coming together just to um, allow space to... Um, ask questions or a space to 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 vent even to just release those things being able to to give that to someone can can allow them to move forward throughout this this experience um moreover planning i would say your opportunities to be connected so being very intentional in what you're doing when we have at our site specifically we have our our zoom faculty meetings we're embedding just moments to be humorous we're embedding music. We had Friday songs every day during the year. So when we get together during our week sessions, we still have music playing. So just trying to, to plan those moments now in a virtual sense so that we can still push ourselves forward and help others push forward as well. I definitely want to highlight what you mentioned about that check-in because that is really integral to making sure that people feel a sense of of, of connection to someone beyond just who they're in the house with right now. That's great. Everything you said, I think for a lot of people listening, I hope it's home because it's that connectedness and it's finding moments of joy and a time that, you know, it's really hard to find joy in sometimes. Correct. Thank you so much. I do have one last question for you. Okay. We spoke on our last podcast, um, I had Sharice on and she was talking about, or we were talking about ways together to promote calmness and kindness during this time. And I think a lot of what we talked about today fits into, the, into that. 
but also what are you doing or what do you see students or teachers doing as you go through your daily uh, routine um, that these teachers and students are promoting calmness or kindness? Well, I, we're really seeing a, a lot of things being published in our virtual platform, and some of them are very are very moving. And Capacitus is my, my school counselor um, uniform, but they're extremely moving. One of the things that I definitely like to highlight are students, and when students are able to, as you mentioned, have that responsibility uh, and lead. So one of the students, several of the students that I have are members of a service organization at our site, and we have a, a a page where we can post information. And just out of the blue, I saw comments, you hope you're doing well, just to the membership and to each other, just positive, uplifting comments. And one of the students even took it to a level where he posted some photos of what he was doing. And he captioned it, let's keep our, we're, we're a junior beta club. So he post, he captioned it, let's keep our beta mind sharp. And here are some things you can do to keep your mind sharp. And they involved him out in his garden, him working with his, uh, his pet bunny rabbit, him extending some geography quizzes and challenges to the students. And then that spawned conversation amongst the members, just checking in with each other. How are you all doing? And these students are our fourth and fifth grade. Then having that also see former students in the group come back and post messages as well who are now in middle school. So seeing students take that responsibility and that leadership to promote a sense of kindness to each other. A lot of, of teachers are making videos, whether it's a learning video, or whether it's just a way to connect with the students. And they're using really relative music and backgrounds and, and just things that our students are thriving in at this moment. And they're pulling that into what they're sharing with their students. And, you know, teachers and, and educators, we're not opposed to making ourselves look a little silly to get a good reaction about our students. So doing things like that just to encourage and support them. A lot of school counselors are posting messages on, on breathing and mindfulness and doing things that you can be calm as you go throughout this process, reaching out to parents and giving some of those layers of support so that everyone is on that same page and, remi and reminding everybody that we're in this together. One of the quotes that myself personally, I think that I try to lead with, with working with my students and the people that I have the pleasure of, of connecting with is we, we rise by lifting others. So just thinking of ways in which I can be a support or I can be an ear or a shoulder and just recognizing that that was what that person might have needed at the time and just trying to, to cheer them along the way. And that is that is incredible and it never ceases to amaze me how not just the whole school community because the teachers and counselors like yourself are doing their part but students will step up every time and it's just amazing and we we worry about our kids and we hope that they're going to be okay but in times like this we see them step up a lot of times even before we do um and just become so giving and so thoughtful and then it's just it's amazing it's i it's definitely some great hope in uh this time i i agree with you and it's always it's always refreshing and enlightening to see our our students 
as you said, step up and then lead, lead with kindness and, and lead with positivity. And it just, it, when we see that it causes, it has the potential to cause everyone else to kind of follow suit. So it's, it's wonderful to, to witness. Yeah, it truly is. And I think that is a great note to stop on today. A very positive, uplifting note. Thank you so much for joining us today and giving us your insight um, and sharing some wisdom and ideas. It was just amazing. And I think it's going to be helpful for everyone listening. I definitely hope so. I definitely wanted to be encouraging and uplifting to the listening audience. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate this more than you know. We do too. Thank you so much. That's it for today. Thank you so much for joining us. As always, if you have any questions or comments about today's topic or anything we have discussed in this podcast, feel free to reach out to us on social media. And if you like what you're hearing, please rate us and recommend us to your friends. You can follow SC Elementary on Twitter at FW underscore SC Elementary. Also, to learn more about this topic and all things SEL, visit Frameworks of Tampa Bay at myframeworks.org. I'm James Lucas. I hope your week is full of kindness, and we'll see you again next time. Mm-hmm.